clap your hands, everybody, for Philadelphia, 76ers, stomp your feet, everybody, for Philadelphia, 76ers, here they come, on the run now, yes, 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 we are in the series, what's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Big T. Will. That's my man, Robert Brown, the producer extraordinaire. And the Philadelphia Sixers have gotten themselves into the series. It is a 2-1 series. It is now a playoff series. We're in it. 99-79. The Sixers beat the Miami Heat last night on the dark night rises. Phantom of the NB Part 2 returned. And change this game. Changed it in a way to where it was ugly and the Heat did not get off the way they got off. What's going on, RB? Whew, 2 1. 2 1, man. I, honestly, I can say I didn't fully expect to, to win the game with a banged up and B, but listen, man, it, it, he is who he is, the phantom of the process will always have our backs. I mean, the presence of him alone, it, it changes the entire series. It changed the entire series. Because uh, let's be real, man. Embiid plays in game one or two, the Sixers win at least one of them. At least yeah. one of them. And Absolutely. The, 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 the Heat are not as as good as they're made. I mean, they're, they're, they're a good team. I mean, hey, Props they're good. Them. They're solid. The Heat are a solid team. A lot of people are saying they're not that good. They're beatable. Yada yada yada. Listen, you don't take you don't discount uh, a team like the Miami Heat because that's not that's when they get you. Okay, oh, they got absolutely. the best. They got the best coach in the East with Eric Spolstra. They have a winning coach. He's an NBA champion. Uh, that's an NBA champion organization. The pedigree there. And they have hardworking players. I mean, I know we make fun of it, but Jimmy Butler is a hardworking guy. And he has those guys over there who work just as hard as he works. You have Kyle Lowry, who's a champion. Okay? These guys here, P.J. Tucker is a champion. You, These guys over here, they, they bought into what the Miami Heat organization has created. And that's why they're the number one team in the East. That's why they play hard. And that's why it's always tough to win in Miami. So that being said, uh, Rob, go ahead and finish your thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. They are they are the number one seed for a reason. Um, they're they're deeper than we are. They've got you know they've got strengths that we don't have. But listen, man, when you have a presence like the best player in the league right now on the floor, it, it changes the whole dynamic. They are beatable for sure. There's no team in the East that isn't beatable. Um, so, but listen, man, I'm just going to, you know, soak up that, that win and, and be happy. We went at home in front of, uh, our, our, our new Eagles draft picks, Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean showed out for the city, man. The city desperately needed a, a victory, man. I'm glad, I'm glad they pulled it out for us and, uh, and got that win. Yes, man. And not only did they show off in front of our new Eagles, they showed off in front of spider Donovan Mitchell was in the house. And former Sixer Seth Curry, which I do believe is coming back. I I I feel like he's going to come back to the team. He he was he was pissed when the trade went down. He understood it. He wasn't a fan of Ben Simmons. You saw it in Brooklyn. Um, 
even uh, Steph has come out and said that uh, even that Seth loved Philadelphia and this was one of his favorite places he played in in his career. So Daryl Morey, from my lips to your ears, man, resign him, get him back in the in the in the, uh, in the in the stable for next season because he would be a help offensively. He would be a help. Don't get carried away, Sixers fans. He would he would be a help. Um, but yeah, man, the Sixers showed off in front of a star-studded uh, South Philly crowd last night. Uh, like I said, it was 99-79. It was an ugly game. Um, and it's funny because, Rob, I text somebody last night. I normally don't really text too often during a game or tweet or social media because I'm so locked in. Um, but I said, this is an ugly game. And that would favor the Heat as it being as scrappy as it was. Uh, both teams shot poorly. Uh, the Heat shot 35%. The Sixers shot 47%. Um, the one difference was the three-point uh, shooting from the Sixers was almost 50%, and he couldn't hit water if they were on the edge of the beach. <laughs> they were seven for 30, and we knew that the Heat couldn't continue to shoot the way they were the first two games. And this is what home home court does to you. This is what home court advantage does to teams who have shooters uh, because they, they feed off the crowd and they see one or two go in and next thing you know, three, four, five, six, seven threes later, Danny Green starts lighting it up. Where was this at game one and two, Danny Green? But I'm glad it showed up for game three, Rob. I'm I'm super excited. When I was watching him, I was just it's almost like a time machine back to <laughs> back to when he used to do this, you know, semi semi regularly, <laughs> like where it was just he, he could get really hot. And that's the player we we thought we we were picking up. At least we thought a guy that can um, get hot. A lot of games, especially at home, like you said, it gets the crowd going. The the crowd showed out before the game. I said Philly needed to show out tonight to to make home court matter as much as possible, uh, with everything going on. And they did exactly that. It was loud in there. Every three point, it was just it, the crowd was going crazy. It, it was fun to watch on TV. Hey man, uh, what do you think about Donovan Mitchell sitting courtside? I don't. I mean. I guess he's got some uh, some friends on the on the other team. I don't know. You know the NBA is a, a, a big brotherhood, man. They all show out for each other, especially these days, man. Everybody's friends with everybody, pretty much. Well, but, you uh, remember when um, when Dwight Howard, when the Sixers just got exited out by uh, Atlanta, he went to Atlanta sat courtside, watched them the next series, and you know Philly fans kind of didn't appreciate that. Granted, it was the team that just knocked us out. But Dwight Howard's also from Atlanta, you know. I'm sure he's got a home down there. That's his hometown. And mm-hmm. he was watching his hometown team. I had no issue with it. Donovan Mitchell's from New York. So, I mean, we we hear rumbling out in uh, Utah that Rudy Gobert is like either him or me. I can't win with this guy, yada, yada, <laughs> yada. Yeah, exactly. It's laughable. It's really laughable. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Seeing Donovan Mitchell back on the East, you know, and we know the history with Philadelphia and Mitchell and, you know, with 2-5 in the rookie season. And listen, I want them both. If it could happen, I'd rather have I'd rather have uh, Spider than Beal. 
I mean, that's a oh, conversation. Yeah. It's a conversation for another day because you know, right now, you know, we're locked into what we have to do. But um, yeah, we're going, we're going, we're going to circle back to that. So that's why I'm putting it out there now on wax. We definitely will circle back to it. <laughs> um, you know, uh, listen, man, we got so much to go on, but you know, our playoff, um, our playoff format on the episodes is different. So, you know, right now I want to bring in a special guest on the Primo Hotlines. Uh, you guys know it's not just a hoagie. Uh-uh, it's a primo. Uh joining us from 97.5 the fanatic. Uh you can catch him Monday through Friday, six to ten. He does the Sixers pre and post game. Mr. Devon Givens. What's going on, Devon? Hey, good morning, man. Thanks for thanks for the invite. I know it's been a while since uh you've invited me. We couldn't make it happen, but we're here now. Thanks, man. Yo, man, I appreciate you taking your time to come on the show. You know, uh, we've always uh, enjoyed the content you put out uh, weekly. And, you know, we always appreciate the support you give back. Happy to do it, man. Happy to do it. I, I know what it's like. So, yeah, always. No problem. So, uh, so Devon, the Sixers uh, look like they got a little life. Uh getting a win in the series uh, last night, as I stated, 99-79 against the Miami Heat. A lot uh, of life with the big fella coming back. A lot of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it looked like uh, Phantom of the NB Part 2 uh, looked a lot better than Phantom of the NB Part 1, kind of like the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, tell me the energy you saw last night with Embiid in the lineup versus the first two games and him not being in the lineup. I actually thought I saw uh, a lot of energy and maybe too much with, with how they got off to such a slow start, trying to trying to make sure they get him back into the flow of things. They haven't been with him on the floor for two games, practices, seven days overall, uh, because yes, uh, yesterday was the eighth day, but he got on the floor, obviously. So you can see the energy from the start, and it kind of went as a little bit of a negative just because of trying to get him going a little bit. And one of the things that I talked about, T, was pregame, not deferring, doing what you need to do. Get him involved. That's natural. That'll happen. But it was also making sure that you not defer Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, um, James Harden, of course, that they just play their games and they'll get him and be involved. One thing I always know about great players, whatever sport it is, especially when you talk about football and basketball, the ball will find you when you're great. Mm -hmm. And he's great. And the ball will find you. So that's why I thought they, they pressed a little bit too early. So the energy was there. There was a lot of excitement in the building, uh, just watching it on television, obviously listening on the fanatic. So uh, didn't, it didn't disappoint. It didn't disappoint with how, how the fans were in that building last night. Well, you know the Philly fans, uh, they always bring it. No matter regular season, playoff, they definitely step it up. So that yes. energy getting the Sixers back home was definitely key. Uh, we want you touched on Tobias Harris. Now Tobias Harris is having, I think, an exceptional playoff run right now. Uh, if you remember last season, he put out that apology and said he would do better. I think right now he's living up to that apology in the playoffs. Right now, uh, he had a solid game last night. Really wasn't looking for his shot. Because you say talking about deferring to Embiid a little bit, but his fingerprint was all over the game. The one thing I liked about last night with Tobias Harris was he was crashing the boards. 
going forward, what can you see Tobias Harris doing now that uh, Embiid's back on the court? Doing exactly what he's been doing through the first six games when they were on the floor together. Uh, he had a phenomenal playoff matchup against the Toronto Raptors. I believe he averaged close to 17 points in that series. He rebounded, he assisted, and he defended, most importantly, uh, against Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and even Fred Van Vliet at times, Gary Trent as well. And that's all I want from him. And he has been the most consistent, in my opinion, throughout the eight games that they've played. And even last night, as you talked about, while only nine points, he got off 13 shots, though, which was a team high. And that was that was big for me because he, sque- he was squeezing them off. And he took five threes. He's not hesitant anymore. He catches, he shoots it. And the one that he did make from the uh, far corner was a tough shot uh, that he that he made and knocked down. So 10 boards last night, eight assists for for the Sixers, and he fouled out. So he was active. He was aggressive. And that's what I want to see continue, despite the fact that he only ended up in single digits. Watching the game, listening to the game, as you mentioned, you know the impact, though, that he had on the game, despite it not being a 20-point performance from him. Yeah, you heard his name all throughout the the televised uh, uh, event last night, so therefore you knew he was very active. Uh, Yo, D, man, you and I talked about Danny Green and George Niang uh, prior to the season and throughout the season, and the one thing that I've noticed that hasn't happened yet and I'm looking for it to happen is to have both Danny Green and George Niang go off in the same game that would make this game so much easier for the Sixers and basically climb back into this series uh Rob and I talked about it uh last episode about having these guys go off in the same game but last night seeing Danny Green turn back the clock a little bit what kind of hope did that give you going forward with with uh DG well it was good to see it Uh, being back at home Seven of nine last night after the struggles that he did have on the road. It gives me a little bit more confidence knowing that he can maybe string together another game where it may not be seven. I don't expect it to be seven, quite honestly. But to still make right, still make two or three, which is more uh, logical for, for Danny Green. Now it's about the George Niang part. I, I do wonder if you remember the end of the season, he missed the final two or three games, uh, two yes. games, uh, yes. because of uh, they were giving him some rest and they deemed it as – uh, an injury to his leg, and now he's wearing a sleeve. So I, I wonder how much maybe he's dealing with something with his leg, maybe not getting, because he does seem like some of the shots that he's taking, he's leaning in when he shoots yes. his threes instead of instead of just standing there shooting it. And while he does have a different type of body type, and get, we know he can shoot. And right now, I, I don't know if that is the reason. I'm not trying to make an excuse, because if you're out there, you're out there. And he is battling. But uh, he didn't play a lot of minutes, and he didn't take a lot of shots. He made one three last night, and he just doesn't seem to be himself. Maybe he doesn't seem himself to me because he's not making them, but it it would benefit them, of course, as a team if both he and Green were knocking down shots. We saw Green snap out of it, and now let's see if Niang can snap out of it because if they expect to have a, a deep run, he is one of the more important people coming off the bench because of their rotation and his shooting. Now, we're uh, talking with Devon Givens from 97.5 Fanatic. Uh, hey, Devon, man, uh, one thing we got to talk about real fast is I call him Mighty Mouse. People call him Maximus. 
but the city is in love with Tyrese Maxey, brother. And this guy has not disappointed in his second season in the playoffs. Uh, 21 points last night in 39 minutes. And he did his damage from midway from the third quarter to the fourth quarter. Talk about the electricity this guy brings to the team and the timely buckets he hits. Yeah, he does. He, he, he definitely does hit some timely, timely baskets for the team, stopping some runs. We always talk about how these teams have big runs against the Sixers and no one can stop them well. He, he is a run stopper, and then he can go on his own personal run and, and affect the game the way that he does, man. And it, it's infectious with, with what he does, the smile, right, all, all that stuff, <laughs> that whether it's the fans or even his teammates, with him playing the way that he does and bring that energy nonstop, never tired. I don't think I've ever seen a guy tired in two years uh, with the amount of minutes that he played, especially this season. He just doesn't get tired. And he's just fun, man. He's going out there, playing the game that he loves, and you can see it all over his face and his body language while he's out there on the floor. So uh, that the fan base have, has every reason to love this kid and what he brings to them, especially when – You've had to deal with so many things while the success has been in a regular season with win totals. It's all about the postseason. And then you have to deal with a few other things that have happened both on the floor and off the floor. Mm-hmm. And to find a, a player like him that's young, a, a kind of kind of a gem, if you will, uh, that they, they finally found something in a young player, getting him in the 20s. And now he's coming in and he's becoming uh, a young budding star in this league. And he just gives a lot of people a lot of hope, man, with what he's able to do. And the other part, too, is, you, you know, with Iverson being here and just small players in general, people relate to those smaller players. And he, he's one of those smaller guys that is fearless. He's tough. He goes within the trees. He battles in the paint. He does all the things that you want from a smaller guy that you might believe that you can do out there on the floor. And he comes through. And I, it was good to see him explode the way that he did in the second half would like to see him get off to a much better start uh, than than he has a lot of times in the early parts of the game but uh all in all i mean the guy's just a really good player that uh he has he does have this city man and mostly everybody loves that guy i don't hear a bad word about him yeah because you know not for nothing in game two he almost brought them back so He, you know, just like you said, just the energy he brings and that that it's the attitude that I, I love, man, that that just fearless attitude and just wants to just keep going. You know, there's plenty of times where you see Doc on the sideline, you know, when Maxie gets the ball and he's telling him, go, go, waving the mm-hmm. arm because mm-hmm. he knows that's what keeps him engaged is just that pedal to the metal with uh, Maxie. Now, with Tyrese Maxie on the ball uh, at times and hard and off the ball, I noticed last night, it was a couple of times Harden had that open three and he didn't take it. Yeah. Um, he kind of like pump fake and then dribbled to the lane. Yeah, he made the layup. Uh, he had a, a pretty decent game, 17 and eight. But there's a lot of those set shots that you see Harden taking in practice, but he's not taking in the game. Um, what's your thought process with uh, Harden right now? Well, just to to play off of that point first of him not shooting the basketball on the catch, they've talked about it where he has not done that for so many years now. It's a different thing to ask of him. I 
And look, I think I know the game a little bit, but not at that level, of course, of playing in <laughs> right. the game in the NBA. And I'm like, wow, catch and shoot is just catch and shoot. And you get the feel, you, you, you rise up and you shoot the basketball. And you've done this for your entire life. And um, so that that was weird to me. But, hey, that's that's how he frames it. And that's what they are going to have to try to figure out for the remainder of the postseason and certainly next season when you have a full offseason as a sixer, full training camp as a sixer, getting into the start of the 23-24, of the 22-23 season. So, um, but last night I thought he was, he was okay. He got off to a good start, nine points early on, and then he just kind of tailed off as far as the scoring goes. But Maxie got loose in the second. You still are trying to set him beat up. Harris has to get his touches. And Danny Green was knocking down his shots. So uh, the 17 was, was okay in the end. But in the moment, I felt like there were more opportunities for him to yes. once again have have more uh, chances to put some points on the board. He did shoot 11 times. He was, what, 4-4-11 yeah. last night? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I need to see that improve. And he's, he is he is getting these shots off from beyond. And that's still, still a problem for me because if he doesn't have the lift in his legs, he has to pick his spots where I believe there are much better spots to take those threes. When I when I when I dissect the game and I give my 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 observations of what I want to see or my pregame things, and one of the things I like for them to do is continue to attack Tyler Hero because he can't play any defense, and we saw that at the end of the season when they played them in March and they took turns lighting him up, and Harden had him a few times last night and he played with him and he eventually took a a three pointer, but I'm like you don't have to do that to him you can get by him. Get by him, get the shot off. It's the three-pointers maybe that you have to do against other people. Bam out of bio, switched on him a couple of times, and he wound up doing a step back. And the next thing you know, you look up and he's like one for seven. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's picking your spots when you do it. Hit those mid-range jumpers. Those mid-range jumpers count for twos just as easily as anything else, especially when you have to adjust your game. I know the way they want to play. Layups, three-pointers, free throws. I get that. He has to adjust it a little bit just because he's not himself right now. So take that mid-range jumper. Make that a good percentage shot, and everything will work itself out, and then you'll naturally start to back up to the three-point line and knock that shot down, I hope. Yeah, there was a couple times I thought he forced that uh, step back. You know, if he would have made it, the building roof would have fell off. But he didn't make it, and it was just like you kind of knew he wasn't going to because he's not in that rhythm yet. Um, I'll give Harden this much. He's okay. given me a lot more this playoff run than the last point guard we had. That's true. So I, I definitely appreciate, you know, his warrior type mentality going out there. And he's not he's not shying away from the situation. He's show, he said he's saying in post games he has to shoot better, he has to get in a better rhythm. You know, so he's taking ownership of it. And you can see it out there. He's, he, you know, he's out there still shooting. He's still balling. He dropped a nice dime to Matisse, which I thought got Matisse's confidence a little more uh, up and up into the game because yeah. you can see Matisse's confidence was so bad it was affecting his defense. After he made that layup, he started having tip passes. He had a couple steals late. And Matisse is a, a, a field guy. So if he can get a good feel early in the game, you know, get a backdoor dunk or in a dunker spot and, you know, get a quick layup, get him involved early, 
then Matisse usually has a good game going through. He's struggling through these playoffs right now. And uh, real quick about Matisse, uh, Devon, what are you going to do to get him more active to get his confidence up on the road? Because we need his defense more on the road than we do at home because the home crowd can carry everybody else through this through the game. I think he brings his own energy based off of how he defends. If he gets a tip pass, if he gets a steal or a block, he creates his own energy, in my opinion, by watching him throughout his career as a 76er. Not anyone else. The other stuff is a bonus because he is, you know, so limited offensively right now at this stage of his career. When they get him those easy buckets, James Harden, Joel Embiid, and last night there was the one from Tobias Harris where he had that dunk early as well. Um, he creates his own energy. Uh, oftentimes we see T where he'll get an open floor steal, he'll go the other way and finish a dunk or layup, and that's great to see. Uh, then you see sometimes like last night, I never want to see this again where he and Danny Green ran a two-on-one fast break yes. or whatever it was, and it was like, yes. oh, my goodness, what is happening here? Um, because neither one of them can put the ball on the floor. <laughs> yes. uh, but but I do think he – that was bad. I do think he creates his, uh, his own energy based off of his defense. And if he is feeling comfortable, last night was a good start. Now let's see what he does in game number, in game number four because Tyler Hero had 14 points last night. He's going to do that probably again in game number – in game number four, can he slow him down a little bit more and take some of that stuff away? Can he maybe defend Jimmy Butler and take some of that pressure off of Tobias Harris, who fouled out last night while Jimmy has it rolling? He creates his own energy. And if he can take what he did last night into t tomorrow and then in game five and six and seven, hopefully going forward, then I think he'll be in a good place. And as a result, the team will obviously in a, be in a much better spot. Hey, hey, Devon, man, uh, what are your keys to win uh, game four? Turnovers, keep them down. Uh, I'll repeat this every day because that's just what they keep doing is turning the rock over. So turnovers are important. You need those possessions. You give yourself an opportunity. Whether you make or miss, you're running 24 seconds or close to 24 seconds off the clock, and that's one less possession for your opponent. While the Sixers did hold them to, what, 77 points, 79 points last night. Um, they had seven more shots than the Sixers because the Sixers turned the ball over 19 times. So you have to protect the basketball. Defensively, you saw what you can do even in a bad spot like last night. So defensively, you need to bring that same intensity last night, uh, tomorrow that you did in, in game number three. Also, offensively, just have the ball move. Can't be stuck, can't be stagnant. Make sure that the rock is swinging, touching everybody's fingertips and find a good shot to a, to a better shot to a great shot. And I think that that's what they have to do. So defensively, rebounding, keeping them off the offensive glass. Yes. Don't turn the ball over and offensively just execute the way that you're supposed to execute. And I think they'll be fine because when you have Joel Embiid back, you're, you're, in, a good, you're in a good spot. So I think they match up well with Miami. Nothing has changed for me, except for they're down 2-1 now. Now with him back, it's time to ease, even the series up and make this a three-game series going forward. Yeah, man. Hey, Devon, man, thanks for hopping on, man. I appreciate it. Hey, yo, man, this is your host, Big T. Will. That's my man, Robert Brown. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks. 
Did you know the majority of failed patios and landscaping happens because of improper drainage? Lisk Landscape is an award-winning landscape architecture firm that understands the importance of drainage and stormwater management to help provide longevity for your next dream landscape project. Keep your landscaping looking its best all year round. Call Lisk Landscape for a free estimate at 856-931-LISK or visit us online for landscaping ideas at LISKlandscape.com. Get exclusive player photos, team videos, and more with the official Sixers mobile app. Download the app for free at Sixers.com slash app. Hey, Vito's. Hey, yo. Want you say Hey, what's he want? Burger. Hey, Pop, he wants a cheesesteak and a burger on one bun. What does he want? We do that? We don't do that. We don't, we don't do that. Sign up now for Sixers Camps presented by Roth. Are you ready? Learn the fundamentals of basketball from Philadelphia 76ers players, staff, and coaches. Good shot. From the ages of 5 to 17, Sixers Camp programs meet the needs of all skill levels. Sign up now at SixersCamps.com or call 610-668-7676. One, two, three, six, Yo, what's up, fellas? This is Anthony Gargano. Now, listen, why wait for a vacation when you can have a vacation anytime in your own backyard? I got to tell you about my guy, Steven, from Lisk Landscaping Innovations. Stephen Lisk and his team specialize in stormwater management to help you achieve a dry outdoor living space. Now, Steve offers exquisite outdoor living from pavilions and kitchens and fireplaces and so much more. To Steve, your backyard is more than a space. It's a living, baby. You want to be living large and you can be. So if you want that dream backyard you've always envisioned, call Stephen Lisk. 856-931-5475. That's 856-931-5475. You can reach out on Instagram at Stephen Lisk or LiskLandscape.com and set up your consultation. Hey guys, Andrew Salchunas, the Chunas, and you're listening to my man T-Will on the Philly Full Court Press Podcast. Yeah, yo, welcome back, everybody. Big T-Will, RB, doing Full Court Press, playoff edition. Our Sixers are in the seat, are in the series, uh, two to one. Yo, special shout out to my man, Devon Givens. Me and my brother always chop it up. And, uh, you know, check him out, man. He gives you that real content. He gives you that real content you want to hear. And he doesn't pull punches and, you know, I, I, I always appreciate his uh, hoop knowledge. You know what I'm saying, RB? Absolutely. He, he, I listen to him constantly. Yeah, man. He's, he's definitely a great listen, and uh, he definitely will be back on the show. Uh, hey, hey, Rob, I asked Devon this. I'm going to ask you this. You know, what are the keys to uh, Sixers winning game four? 
I think the keys to winning game four is going to be, it's going to come down to adjustments because I feel like with, with what you said about, uh, you know, Eric Spolstra and everything like that, his halftime, you know, adjustments are way better than Doc Rivers halftime adjustments. <laughs> so what it's going to have to be is just, it's going to be a lot on game plan, uh, which will be a lot easier with Joel Embiid on the floor because he just takes so much attention, even without a 20 point game, him being on the floor is so it's a gravitational pull effect with, with the D it gets everybody going because he's just that center focus of, of any defense that he goes up against. So it's just going to be a good game plan by doc rivers, getting him the ball uh, organically, not forcing it, uh, force him into spots and stuff like that. Just let the game flow and uh, run some sets, man. I want to see Harden work the offense um, as I know he can and be that point guard for us. And, and the rest will follow, man. With that Philly crowd, I, I have a lot of confidence that this will be a good game and, and that we can we can absolutely take the take the W home, go back to Miami tied up. Yeah, uh, you know, my keys in the game were similar to what uh, Devon said earlier. Uh, the Sixers got to crash the boards, continue to crash the boards. Um, they had a good rebounding game, game three. And, you know, with Embiid back in the, in the saddle as the dark night rises, uh, he, he changes the game, as we saw. He changes, the, he limits them in the paint. He also limits Miami to one shot. Occasionally, Butler came in, crashed hard. Uh, Caleb crashed hard. And Bam, you know, was doing his thing. But, you know, Bam went from, like Devon said, 23 points a game, first two games, he only had nine points. And seven of it came from the foul line. So if that tells you that he he wasn't conscious of MB being on the court, then what does? You know, the, the Heat didn't get off the way they got off in games one and two. So you can see the one key of the game was getting MB back. You know, getting the big man back on the court. So, crash the boards, and yes, limit the turnovers. These turn you don't win many games uh, having 18 turnovers. You don't win many games doing that. No. So you, I don't know what it is, but they gotta just settle down and limit the turnovers. Make the easy play, and also. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Keep. I like the 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 little the little scuffle with Matisse and and PJ Tucker, and then Niang got involved. I I enjoyed that. Show that fight. Show that fight. Be aggressive, because Miami will try to intimidate you and push you around. But you notice how things were different when Embiid was on the court. You're not going to get all those points in the paint and uh, Bam out there barking and, and putting his chest out. He looked like a little puppy compared to the big dog once the big dog was back on his yard. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, yeah, so you, you you know, you're not getting off like that. And B's not having that. He's not having that. So the, the biggest key to the game, actually, it was getting MB back. So the biggest key going forward is keeping him on the court. Doc said he wanted to limit him to 38 minutes. Embiid actually played 36 minutes. Embiid said post game, you know, he was gassed, but he was good that he was out there and getting, uh, you know, 
up and down the court and helping his team win. The Sixers can win game four by doing the same thing they did in game three, and that's hit the shots. A lot of open missed shots. I agree with Doc. A lot of open missed shots in games one and two just did not fall. Game three, they fell. You got to see it game four. I also would like to see Green and the Yang go off in the same game. That takes so much pressure off Harris, Maxey, and uh, Harden. We know Embiid's going to get his, but if you can get that play from Green and and Niang, and it don't have to all come from Green, they can split that. But I'd like to see them get at least four each. That takes so much pressure off the, the starting core where, you know, Doc doesn't have to panic and play. 9, 10, 11 guys in the in the first quarter or the first half, you know? Stick to your rotation, play your core five, and then play your six and seven, and that's it, you know? I still want to see Harden and Maxi play 40-plus minutes. Uh, the way Tobias is playing, give him the 40-plus minutes and, and, and give uh, Embiid that break here and there. But you still got to play this game through Embiid. You play through Embiid, the shots will start falling. You can see the confidence in the team is different. Let's take game four, one game at a time. Tie this series up 2-2, and then you get on the seesaw. Remember, the Sixers are the third best team in the league on the road. They didn't show it games one and two, but they didn't have Embiid. Embiid's back. He is the difference maker. You take Embiid's ass in Miami, and you ain't going to see all that swag that they had the first two games. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, he thrives in those moments. He's just getting comfortable. Let's win game four Sunday, and then we got a series. We're going to see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen at the end. I don't know if it's going to go five, six, seven games, but I want the Sixers to take one game at a time, focus on the moment, and hit those shots. That's my final thought. That's my keys to the game. Rob, What's your final thoughts before we break out? Uh, final thoughts, man. Like you said, one game at a time. I feel like these home games are, you know, the, you got to win them. You got to – when you're at home and, and you get to, to be in front of our fans, you got to take advantage. So make sure they bring their A game, man. Make sure Embiid's getting some rest today. I hope he's, you know, <clears throat> just just hanging out, just looking at some film and everything, looking at how he can get better and doing some – whatever he needs to do to get right. Um, keep his face protected <laughs> when he went down i was very uh i was very scared but he ended up getting clonked on the back of the head <laughs> but you know listen man one game at a time one minute at a time especially when i'm beat on the floor you never know what could happen if we're up late game get him out of there with a, with a presidential escort get him out of that game when as soon as you can <laughs> i don't want to see him in there a minute longer i was glad he got him out when he when he did last night, it was a little bit later. I was like, you know, I'm, for like five minutes, I'm like, get him out of the game. Like, there's no reason for him to be in this game. But listen, man, game four, one game at a time. And, and if we get that win, it's a series now. But, you know, we get that 2-2. Two, two. Hey, man, they got a lot of thinking to do in Miami. So I'm excited. Yeah, man. Listen, playoff edition of Philly Full Court Press. I'm your host, Big T-Will. That's my man, Mr. Robert Brown. We appreciate y'all mother fathers. Hopefully, we're going to be talking another win after uh, Sunday. Uh, enjoy your Mother's Day. Take care of your mothers. If your mothers aren't around, take care of your uh, 
the the woman closest to you who uh, who is your mother, grandmother, auntie, godmother, whoever it is, uh, be blessed. And you know, moms deserve it. So you know, you make sure you take care of them. Whatever they want, that's their day. We'll be talking to you on the next episode, and hopefully with a W. Peace. What's up, everyone? It's Robert Brown from Full Court Press. You can find Full Court Press on any streaming podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter at Full Court 76 and on Instagram at Full Court Press 76. If you have any questions for us or the Full Court family, you can email us at fullcourtpress76 at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for your support. It's always appreciated.